I think a, a few people got that. Okay, great. So this is the bit where we get to have a nice conversation. Um, as a church, uh, over the last couple of weeks or so, we've been thinking about church, about what it means to be church, about our church's vision and our assignment here in Gloucestershire. And we're really excited to have the guys from the CU here today, um, because today we're, beginning, uh, we're going to be having a really practical conversation about church. What is a church? What does it mean to be part of a church? Um, and I know that you guys are here today, you're visiting churches in Gloucester and Cheltenham to find a church to call home. So um, I hope that today will be helpful for all of us, really, to think about wherever we are, if we're looking for a church or if we're already settled in a church, how do we kind of think about that? Now, today is going to be super collaborative and interactive. Um, we tend to, every week, have a little bit of conversation, and this week is going to be uh, no different. There's going to be some two-way conversation and bits of discussion. Before I go any further, I just want to acknowledge, can I just see hands in the air? Anybody here who's an introvert? Yes, yes. Hi, my hand's in the air as well, because I am also an introvert. So just to say, this is a really safe place. Like, we are going to have some conversation, but if you don't want to say anything, you don't have to say anything at all. Let me reassure you, there are enough extroverts in the room for everybody. So what we can do as we're having these conversations is just let the extroverts talk. That's absolutely fine if you want to, but at the same time, we'd love to hear from you. So extroverts, don't tread all over the introverts, and introverts, just, you know, be yourself. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. Um, but that having been said, if you're a member of Gloucester Vineyard Church, then this is a moment for you to be hospitable uh, and inclusive and make sure that everybody uh, is having a go. Um, so before we go any further, I just wanted to mix things up just a little bit. So we're going to play a little game. And that game uh, is totally irrelevant, but hopefully it'll be lots of fun. I want you to have, for like 60 seconds, I just want to know, like, what is the most popular world cuisine represented in the, world, in the room? So if you could only eat one nation's cuisine for an entire year, what nation would you choose? Hmm. Hmm. So what I want you to do is I want you all to stand up, as we did earlier on, and I want you to mill around the room, and I want you to find your people. I want you to find the people who agree with you. So what cuisine, if you could only eat one cuisine for the rest of your life, would you eat? Go and find the people who agree with you, and I want you to bunch up. Okay, okay. I can see there's some groups of form, so should we find out? Let's find out what, what these groups are representing. Who are you guys? Thai food. Thai food over here. I mean, come on. Delicious. Anybody want to transfer? No? Okay, wh wh where are you guys from? Greek Lebanese. Greek or Lebanese. I like that. Not one I thought of. Are you guys in a group? What are you guys thinking? Just in British. British food. Well, you're with Michael. Michael's over there. He's up for some British food. Now, this is a large group. It's a very large. Italian food, of course. Very good. How about you guys over here? What, what were you thinking? Latin food. Very good. Spicy. Now, we had Mexican food over here. Mexican. Mexican. I mean, come on. Mexican food, no? Tortillas? Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Hey? Oh, all right then. Okay, so very good. So very good. So we've got, we've got a nice mix. Marvellous. Well, that was totally chaotic and pointless. Um, but actually, it wasn't completely pointless because what we did there was we just got together with other people who think exactly like us. We got together with a whole bunch of people who agree with us. And some might argue that a church is just a group of people like that. That a church is a bunch of people who have gathered together because they agree about something. Namely that God exists and that he came to the world in the person of Jesus. So 
is that all a church is? Is that all a church should be or could be? We're going to be kind of circling around that question a little bit today. But before we go any further, I just want us to get to know the people around us just a little bit. This is the slightly scary introvert bit, but don't worry, we're all safe. I just want us to let the, get to know the people who are around us a little bit. So if you feel comfortable, I just want you to turn to the people that you're sitting nearest and just really share, like, what was your first ever experience of a church? Like, for some of us in the room, we might have grown up in churches and we might, maybe we can never remember a time when we didn't go to a church. So, what was the first church you can remember? Others of you guys, this might be your very first exposure of church today. And if so, I am just so sorry. It's not all like this. Um, But maybe this is your first exposure. Or maybe you're coming towards Jesus and you just don't really know. So, why don't we turn to the people around us, Gloucester Vineyard people again, let's be hospitable, and just for like 60 seconds, just say, what is your earliest memory of an experience of a church? Go for it. So I'm sure that there's been a whole diversity of experience there. Loads of people come from all sorts of different backgrounds. And today, really what I wanted to do, what I thought would be really fun, is to kind of take that diversity that we've got there, take those different experiences, and try to kind of work together as a team to come up with a definition of church, to kind of answer as a group, what is church? What should it look like? What should it do? And how should we as individuals engage with it? But, um, um, so yeah, so let's, let's start. Let's start by defining our terms. So first things first, um, what do we mean when we talk about church? What is a church? What is a church? Somebody in the room shout out the correct answer at me. Our community, very good. So Chris, what are we, what are we sitting in? A building, very good. Now I've got two little girls and I've been a massive troll to them as they've grown up because, you know, they're walking down the road and learning to talk and they go, look, Daddy, it's a church. And I was like, well, I don't think that's a church. I just see a crumbly old building. I don't see a group of people. (laughs) Such a troll, not the point. So a church is a community, as Chris says. It's a group of people. Um, So what should be, question number two, what should be at the heart of a church? What should be right at the heart of church? Someone give me the correct answer. Jesus, very good. If you're ever unsure in a church context of what the answer to the question is, just shout out Jesus. You can't be too far wrong. Um, So yes, absolutely. Jesus, the person of Jesus. So a church is a group of people, a community of people gathered around the person of Jesus. And I like to think about like a crowd of people stumbling around in a dark forest Um, kind of walking through the fields and through the trees they see this campfire and they're being drawn towards this campfire because it's a source of warmth and light and I think in many ways that's um, that a church should form because they're drawn and inspired by the light of warmth found in Jesus Um, yeah so we've got a community they've gathered around Jesus what should that community be like What should that community gathered around Jesus be like? I want you to get back into those little groups and just brainstorm, again, for just a minute or so. I want you to give me the three essential things that a church should be like. Like, I want you to just, just from your, what does it feel like? Like, don't don't worry about getting too clever about it. What three things, what kind of essential characteristics should a church have? What values, what behaviors? Turn to the people around you that you were just talking to. And this time I want to hear from you. So think about it. Three things that all churches should be like. Go for it. Okay. Okay, let's hear from some of you guys. So... Who wants to share their things? So you can do one or two or three. What three things you come up with? Anybody want to share one? Doodly do. Yes. 
Um, well, we said it's kind of like family fellowship and you could say like Heavenly Father. So, you know, three Fs. Three Fs. Very good. Do you want to speak next week? You've got some skills. There isn't a... You really, I mean, do you want to take over the whole thing? Yeah. You clearly have a better grasp of what's going on around here than I do, so... My goodness, that is embarrassing. Let's move swiftly on. Any, any others? Any others? Yes. We said humble, hopeful, and open. Oh, very good. You also went for some ha 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 oh, ha 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 oh. Humble, honest, and open. Ha. Huh. Oh, hopeful. Thank Not you. Honest. Not honest. No, good grief. Woe betide. Brilliant. You guys, what did you come up with? What did we say? Uh, welcoming. Yep. Um, you said warm. <laughs> Which was nice and ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> and accepting. Very good. Very good. I'm liking that there's some alliteration going on here. Yeah, Sarah, let's hear from you. Inclusion. We had inclusion. Inclusive, rather. Uh, loving. And the word of God. And then there were also a few others as well. What were the other two? Oh, outward looking. Outward looking, yeah, brilliant. And compassion. Yeah. Any more? We've got time. Yes, Chloe. Okay. Um, we said worshippers of God, um, open arms, and diverse. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Anybody else? Looking around. Okay, yeah, absolutely brilliant. What wonderful, wonderful things. What a wonderful characteristic for a community. I loved like the warmth, the welcome, the faith. I loved what was said at the back there about acceptance and love. I just think that that's absolutely brilliant. Does anyone have a notion of why we've all gravitated to those characteristics? Like why should a church be welcoming? Why should a church be accepting? Why should a church be loving or warm or hospitable? This isn't a trap. You wouldn't go again if it wasn't. That's a very good point. Yeah, but why, why those characteristics in particular? Where do we find those characteristics? What are those characteristics inspired by? By God, that's absolutely right. So those things are inspired, exactly, if you're looking for the correct answer. Bingo, bango. The church should look like that because fundamentally God looks like that. And I think fundamentally the church is a group of people who have encountered that list of characteristics in God and have been so transformed by him um, that they want to show those things to the rest of the world. And when you drill down on this, when you open your Bibles, you find that actually this is God's preferred way of working and representing himself in the world for the whole of history. This, this literally is God's plan A uh, for the world. He always seems to want to involve normal, everyday people meeting him, being transformed by him, and then going on to represent him to those around them. You see it right in the first pages of the Bible when God tells humans that they're going to bear his image in the world. In other words, they're going to represent him in a world of chaos. You see it when God chooses to partner with a family and build that family into a great big nation. The whole idea is that that partnership is to act like a beacon of light in a dark wood, showing, that, showing what is possible when a nation lives according to heavenly principles of justice and peace and rest. And you also see it in the second half of our Bibles called the New Testament, in the letters to the church. 
Um, these churches are told to shine brightly, to engage with their neighbours, go and tell, uh, go and let their love for one another be an outward sign uh, to the world of what God's love looks like. And so the church is a group of people gathered around Jesus, benefiting from his light and warmth, but also going out into the world to bring that light uh, and that warmth to a dark wood. And as I was preparing it, I really had that picture that I shared with you earlier on in my mind of a community forming around that fire and drawing nearer and nearer to the center. But that that, that center around that fire, that getting nearer to that fire was not the end of the picture. The people were not drawing near the fire so that they could stop. They were drawing near the fire so that they could kneel down, they could pick up a branch, and then they could turn around, turn around and carry that light that they'd found back out into the dark wood to draw others who are lost and cold in, to be a beacon of hope, but also to start new little fires to draw more people. And I believe that that's what it means to be a church, to be drawn in by the love of Jesus and then to be sent out by that very same love. You know, Jesus said it himself when he gave his apprentices their final instructions. He said, I've, given, uh, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. He said, go. He said, go, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. So he's saying, take this light that you found here. Turn around and go. Okay, so what? So it's a lovely, cozy picture. But why should we care? How should that affect us? How should it impact us? Because the reality is that all of us are in a different place in our journey uh, towards Jesus and in our relation to the church. Some of us, are maybe, maybe we're a good distance away from that fire, um, which is Jesus. We've seen a glimmer in the distance, maybe that's why you're here today, um, and you've taken some cautious steps forward. Maybe you're in the middle of that huddle, maybe you've, kind of, you've been drawn in by Jesus and you've kind of, you're in that press around the campfire, and you're kind of asking yourself, is this it? Are we just going to stay here? Or maybe you're just getting used to church and the idea of going out again is absolutely terrifying you. Or maybe you're someone who loves the idea of Jesus, but your experience of church has been really negative and damaging. Can I just say, if that's you, then you are not alone. Uh, Gandhi really famously once said he loves Jesus, but he's never, find a, never met a Christian who looks like him. Burn. All of us are in different places on that journey. And in a bit, we're going to have a little bit of a time of prayer. And I hope that some of us can take um, some time to take some steps forward towards Jesus, um, towards his church and towards healing. But why don't we just take a moment before we go any further to get back into those little groups, just a minute or so um, to share, if you feel comfortable, just where you're at with the whole church thing. Only share if you feel comfortable. And again, I'm not going to ask for feedback this time, so you can be really honest. Um, you can be excited. You can be really cynical. You can be skeptical or confused. The most important thing is that you're honest. Um, so don't give the correct answer, give an honest answer. So let's form up those little huddles again just for another couple of minutes. And let's just share, like, where are you at? in your kind of journey with church, in your journey towards Jesus. So I wanted to do that today uh, because I wanted to close with what's probably like the classic, quintessential bit of Bible that you have to read whenever you're thinking about the church. And we read it a couple of weeks ago uh, when, we, um, when we kind of re-articulated our vision on Vision Sunday. We're going to read it again today. Because um, a guy called Paul, is by a guy called, called Paul to a church which existed uh, over a thousand years ago, but it's still true for us. Um, he had something to say about what it means to be a church, and he said this. 
the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. Some are Jews and some are Gentiles, so he's talking there about diversity. Some are slaves and some are free, so he's talking about different kind of economic statuses within the church. But all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. And so Paul's just putting his finger on the fact that for any of us involved in a church, no matter who we are or how long we've been part of it, we all have a part to play. Just like in the body, there are no passengers. Every part of our body is there because it has a function, because it has a part to play, because it has a contribution to make. There's like two medics in the room going, well, actually, I think you'll find there's the appendix, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, don't be that guy. No one likes that guy. You catch my drift. You get the picture. And Paul's drift, each part of the body, each member of a church must be present in order for there to be health and wholeness. And I think this picture is so essential for us to grasp and hold tightly to, especially as postmodern Westerners. Because we've been trained and conditioned by the world we live in, by society, to be really good little capitalists. To be consumers, to be constantly asking the questions, what's in it for me? What do I get out of this? Does this meet my needs? Is this good value for money? Is there a better option available to me? Where could I get that cheaper? What's the buy-in? What's the tie-in? And what Paul is saying uh, to this church and he's saying to all of us as church is that none of those questions should ever be asked of a church community. None of those questions should ever be asked of a church community. Can you imagine if our body parts asked those questions? Like if our ears were like, I like this head, it's been all right, but I also like the look of that head over there. I might, I might go and uh, try that for a bit. You know, I'm just going to shop around for heads, try a few and see, see if I like the feel of it, you know. See which one meets my needs. I give it a little trial period, see how it goes. Like, no, Paul's talking about body parts needing to come together and mesh together. I know I'm being a bit facetious here, but I think Paul was being a bit facetious as well, so it's kind of permission. Um, I know how hard it is, but Paul is saying that when we're looking to join a church, as we think about being part of a church, our consumer instincts should not come into play at all. Our consumer instincts should not come into play at all. So if we're not supposed to be asking those consumer questions that we've been so well trained to ask, ask, what kind of questions should we be asking? As we're looking at joining a church, what kind of questions should we be asking that are not based on our consumer instincts? So for the last time, let's get back into our little huddles, and I want to hear from you again. I want to hear what questions should we be asking as we're looking to join a church or as we're looking to engage with the church we're already part of. No consumer questions allowed. What questions should we be asking? Go for it. I'm looking forward to hearing your answers. Okay, let's hear from some of you guys then. So, what kind of questions should we be asking uh, as we are thinking about joining a church, thinking about becoming a part of a church if we turn off our consumer instincts? Let's go over here. Yes. What role do children have in the church? What a great question. What role do children have in the church? I love that question. Anyone from over here? Yeah? Is it challenging? Um, or <clears throat> does, it like, does it challenge your, um, what you already believe? Do you um, feel like you can grow there? Yeah, great. Is there space for you to grow there? Great. Any pearls of wisdom from you guys? Timothy? Oh, they're bell ringers. 
Oh dear. Yes. We're working on that. Not really. Um, you guys? Um, we were saying it should be um, based on the word of God, the true word of God. Um, we can have a conversation about what that means later. <laughs> and also the love of Jesus and showing the love of Jesus to everyone. Great. Brilliant. Anybody else? Anybody from the back? Yeah. yeah. About how is the church loving people? That's it. Great question. Very good. Very good. Definitely bell ringers. Still working on it. Still not working on it. Um, so, for, so for me, I, I mean, I love your answers. Great answers. If, if it was me, if I was going to be looking at joining a church, I would be asking, what is the vision of the church? Like, do we know what it is? Is it clearly articulated? Where is this church going? Like, another one is, can I see a me-shaped hole in this church? Like, I think so often we come along. Yeah, thanks for the thumbs up there. Like, I think so often we come along and we go, oh, well, they're not doing the things that I can do well here. And you go, yeah. There might be a really good reason for that. We did that once, Emily and I, with, with our last church. We showed up and we were like, well, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that we can do and it's not being done here. But they seem like a lovely bunch of people. So we spoke to the leaders and they were like, we would love for that stuff to happen, like bell ringing. And, <laughs> and so we, we plugged in and we cracked on. So maybe, maybe, like that's a mistake that we make when we go and look at churches is go, oh, well, they're not doing my thing, so it's not important to them. Not necessarily. Maybe that's a hole that you're there to fill. You know, is this church sending people outward with the light, or are they just huddled together going nowhere? Is Jesus at the center, or is something else in the center drawing people in? And does this community display those characteristics of God that we talked about earlier on, about acceptance, welcome, and love, and hospitality? You know, these are great questions to be asking when looking at a church and when thinking about joining a church. And when you've joined a church, I think our mate Paul would encourage each of us to play our part, to work out how we're wired, to work out how God made us and what gifts we bring to the table, and get really stuck in. Get committed, get invested in the good times and in the bad times, you know, when you fancy it and when you don't. And for us as a church, as Gloucester Vineyard Church, we've just recently re-articulated our church's vision around three focuses. So if you're part of this church, you would have recently heard us talking about how we want to push into seeing thriving people, thriving neighborhoods, and thriving churches. That when the kingdom of God arrives in a county like ours, we should expect to see thriving people, people valued and invested in, healed and restored, trained and equipped and released to go and do everything they're trained to do. That we should see thriving neighborhoods that are our streets and neighborhoods should look different because we live on them. That we're called to take that light out, especially to those who are really struggling with life. And also the third one is thriving churches, that churches should grow and multiply. That those coming to know Jesus should be a constant stream and that we need to start new churches like little campfires rather than one ginormous big one. So if you're sticking around at Gloucester Vineyard, we're going to be asking that question of each of us. Like, how am I made? Which of those focuses am I most excited about? Now, where can I apply my giftings for the kingdom of God? Um, and to you students, as you're kind of looking for a church, you know, I really encourage you, wherever you get settled in, to get really stuck in, um, to commit and serve and give. I just think you'll find so much life and joy. All of us will found life and joy from getting stuck into a community um, like that. So we've got a little bit of time now before the kiddos come back in and join us. So, Laurie, do you want to come and join us? We're going um, to finish up today with another time of worship. Um, and I just want to encourage all of us to just do a little business with God in our hearts this afternoon. So however, whatever I've just shared has landed with you guys, I just want to encourage you to take 
that to Jesus, to pray about it in your hearts, or maybe find somebody to come and pray with you. If you'd, if you'd like somebody to stand with you in prayer, to kind of share and speak out loud what's going on in your heart, um, then there's some space over there by those chairs. If you kind of make your way in that direction, then somebody friendly will come and pray with you, because uh, we love to do that. Um, so do head in that direction if you'd like to. Um, but why don't we all stand together as we respond? I'm going to pray, and then Lauren is going to lead us in some worship.